Listen, the next time somebody tries to question your intelligence, tell them, look them in the eye and say, do you know what a beta glucocerebrosidase is? <laughs> After today's show, you probably know about it. Let's get started. Welcome to the show that's going to take your skin and hair from where it is now to its best ever yet. It's the Grow and Glow podcast and I'm your host, Dr. Chama Aga Ayarinde. Grab a drink, grab a snack, and let's get this party started. Hi guys, welcome back. Last week when talking about the epidermis, I mentioned the acid mantle. A mantle is a covering and the century worth of data we have suggests that the skin has an acidic protective covering that helps with barrier function. In fact, in certain disease states, this acidic covering is disrupted, so it's very important. Today, I want us to know and highlight the things that disrupt this covering and see how we can restore that. Now, there are certain things that we can't do anything about like age, but there are certain things that we can do something about. So if you recall from chemistry class, and I hope you do, the pH measures how acidic or basic an aqueous solution is, and we represent this on a pH scale. The scale ranges from 0 to 14, with 7 being the neutral point. So anything below 7 is acidic, with 0 being the most acidic, and anything above 7 is alkaline or basic, with 14 being the most alkaline or basic. Scientists have measured the pH of the surface of the skin and come back with pH values in the acidic range from 4.2 to 5.9, but without getting bogged down by these numbers, the general consensus is that the skin surface's pH is acidic, with exceptions being the axilla, that's the armpits, the genital anal and interdigital area. Now, this acidic pH is required for key biological processes within the skin. In fact, the beta-glucocerebrosidase that made its debut at the beginning of this podcast is a pH-dependent enzyme that works optimally at 5.6 in the formation of ceramides, and ceramides are lipids required in barrier function. So I think the implication of this is that going outside this pH range leads to issues with barrier formation. And from last week's episode, we know that a key function of the skin is to serve as a barrier. So now that we understand the above, it is important we know what affects skin pH because <laughs> ain't no glow happening without optimal barrier function. You know, let me put a wrap on that. Ain't no glow happening without... Okay, you know what? That's not my calling, so we move. I'm still laughing. Sorry, sorry. Let's be serious. Okay. Now, according to Ripke et al., Yosipovich and Maybach and Jakobai et al., the factors influencing skin pH are grouped into endogenous, aka internal factors, and exogenous, aka external factors. At different times, Visha et al., Hager and Enzman and Yosipovich et al., study the relationship between pH and age in neonates, and they noted that pH drops to an acidic range within a few days of life, and this is accompanied by, listen, put a drum roll, put a drum roll, increased stratum corneum hydration and 
reduced skin roughness. Did you hear that? Okay. Now, other internal factors are anatomical sites, sweat, skin moisture, sebum, genetics, and ethnicity. For we melanated folks, our skin pH is lower than our white counterparts. And I think that is useful information for our cosmetic formulators. We can't really do much about these factors. I mean, except maybe sweat, skin moisture, you know. So let's talk about what we can modify. Okay, let's focus on what we can control. So the exogenous or external factors. And these are things we apply to the skin. So from detergents, face washes, body washes, cosmetic products, soaps, occlusive dressings, etc. One of the studies I want to highlight, and there's there's a ton of study done on acidic mantle, the pH of the skin, and that's why it's so refreshing because there's evidence. One of the studies that I want to highlight, a group of scientists recruited two groups of people. The first group, um, and mind you that these groups were healthy volunteers, so they had no issues. The, the, the aim of the study was to determine how um, detergents, whether alkaline or acidic, affect the bacterial flora and the skin surface of the pH. Now, they divided these healthy volunteers into two, and I think the study lasted for about a month. So the first group was giving the synthetic acidic detergents, and they were going to use on their foreheads and their forearms. The second group was giving the alkaline detergents. Now, what they found that what the cocoa, the gist of this study highlighted was that first of all, using the alkaline detergent increased the pH of the skin. And when they swapped the synthetic detergent, the synthetic acidic detergent decreased the pH of the skin. So that's a good thing. It means that even if you are using something that is highly alkaline, hopefully by the time you switch, your skin will regulate and bring it back to the regular acidic pH. So that's good news. Now, they also found out that in the healthy volunteers that were using the alkaline detergents, they had an increase in the number of propionic bacteria. And that is one, excuse me, that is crucial, or that is one of the causative agents of acne. Hmm. So that's why let's have an aha moment. That's why in those days when we had acne, and if you still have acne now, when you use things that are stripping, yes, it feels like the oils are leaving and, you know, it's, but it's counterintuitive because, or counterproductive because yes, the oils are being dried up, but because the alkaline, the pH is so high, it's so alkaline, it increases the floor. Okay. You know what? I need to breathe. So imagine you buy a face wash to help you reduce, quote unquote, the bacteria, the, the number of bacteria on your, on your face and also, quote unquote, reduce sebum production because we do know that some, that sebum has an effect on acne when it's trapped in the pores. But unfortunately, that now even increases the amount of bacteria and worsens the acne. Uh-uh. You guys, at this point in time, give your girl buy her a coffee, give a tip. You know, I mean, I'm just helping you to put two and two together. <laughs> okay. But so that was so interesting out of this study. So from this study in low, we can see that the key takeaway was that first of all, the bacterial flora increased, especially the one that is responsible for acne and the skin surface pH increased. And we know that there are certain 
um, scheme functions that have to, that work at an acidic pH. And thirdly, thankfully, using an acidic um, detergent could effectively lower the pH. So once you abandon all those, your harsh soaps, hopefully your skin will begin to regulate. So in summary, we see that increasing the pH of the skin disrupts barrier function, and that can lead to microbial colonization, acne, dryness, transepidermal water loss, and a ton of skin challenges. Now, whilst we can do much about internal factors, we can change certain external factors. And so my challenge to you is that the next time you are shopping for a face or body wash, do some research on the pH and try and make sure it's in the acidic range. The only caveat is that a low pH does not necessarily mean a better formulation or that it's going to work for you, but at least you'll be in the right direction. It's a game of trial and error, but if something already works for you, please stick to it. I hope this was helpful. Until next time, thank you and God bless. Hey you, thank you so much for sticking with me till the end of this show. I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, why not go ahead and subscribe and share it with your family and friends? Because we're not hoarding knowledge, are we? Nope. If you rise, I rise, we all rise. And if you're up to it, feel free to support my channel. Thank you so much. Take care and God bless.